Fat Force Radio. Fat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome to Bat Force Radio, episode 1000, because as <laughs> all you do is just arbitrarily slap number 1000 on anything, and it makes it special and exciting. Yeah. So we're going to have a special and, and exciting night here. So let's take a quick look at the round table. We've got the Bat Force Times in New York. We've got Grandpa Batman in Texas. Hey. Legends of Lego Batman in California. Oh, cheers. We've got Crosby, Montana in Parts Unknown. Hey, man. We've got the Trunkler in Chicago. Hey, hey, hey. I am Robin Cross in Canada. It is a packed house tonight. All right, so tonight's guest, since his last appearance on Bat Forest Radio, he has been uh, winning Eisner Awards, becoming a late-night television star, writing books like Swamp Thing, Mr. Miracle, Heroes in Crisis, and Batman, as well as honing his considerable skills as a sketch cover artist. <laughs> we welcome back to the show tonight, Mr. Tom King. It is an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for having me back. You guys rock. And you've already got me in trouble from how hard I laughed at that 1,000 joke. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, thank you for all this regretting things. So that's good. I never thought we would see the day that we reached episode 1,000, but it came so fast. I know. I was like, almost like yesterday. <laughs> uh, Moving on, how's everything been with you, Tom? Uh, it's been fantastic. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the wife is doing well, and the kids are healthy and happy, and comic life is good, and there's Hollywood shit going on. So, yeah, everything with me is doing real well. Thank you so much. Yeah, you've got uh, some irons in the fire on, uh, you know, some, some things that are going to be uh, shot, correct? Yes. I mean, in Hollywood, you absolutely never know until, like, it's been out for 10 years and it's sitting in a blockbuster, that last blockbuster in Australia, wherever it is. Uh, yeah, I, I, so you never know it'll be canceled. But, yeah, so I'm, there's some there's a TV thing that's really close. It's supposed to go, supposed to start shooting this fall and uh, that I created and a movie star is working on, like a genuine movie star that people have heard of. Hmm. And uh, and there's a, a movie thing that I'm working on which hasn't been announced. So damn, doing so. some of the screenwriting. I so yeah so for the TV thing I wrote the pilot or co-wrote the pilot with the movie star and I wrote the pilot together. Uh, I've never hung out with a movie star before. I don't recommend it. <laughs> you spend most of your time being like, can I ask for a selfie? I really want to show my wife this, but I feel like it'd be awkward because we're writing together. Um, and. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm writing some of that, the episodes and the pilot and that, and I'm uh, and I'm co-writing this screenplay thing okay. that I'll do. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to be so vague, but it's all on shutdown. Oh, oh yeah, that, that, yeah, well, completely understandable. Uh, it, it's very cool for us as fans uh, of your work to see how much cool stuff has happened for you since your first appearance on the show, which was before Rebirth began. Oh my God, can you imagine? Yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> I remember on on Twitter, I was like, I looked at us. I think I had five thousand followers when they made the announcements. I was like, oh, so it's gone up. It's gone up since then. <laughs> like nobody wanted to kill me back then. I mean, like maybe like two Grayson fans. <laughs> hey, that's a badge of honor. Yeah, yeah, man. So, and I lo I love that Grayson run. What are they talking about? I know. Dude, everyone who ever reads that Grayson Run says the same thing to Tim, Seeley, and I. They're like, dude, I thought I would hate that. It looked so awful. And they're like, but then I read it. I was like, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> that's not my favorite, but that's okay. Oh, fine. Yeah. fine. <laughs> With your fans. I love that. I, I really like working on that. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Too long. Have me on more yeah. often. I just want to talk back. Yeah, 
it's awesome that uh, that we finally got to do it. I am. I have too many children. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're most of us are right there with you. Yeah, right. It sucks. What are we thinking? Exactly. I'm muting my kids right now, so it doesn't ruin this interview. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is not even joking. So, uh, where are we? First of all, so Batman. Since the last time we spoke, we've gone through the proposal, the yes. build up, the the wedding, Batman being left at the altar. That went so well. Now, it, it well, honestly, what it did do, regardless of some of the response from people who just really went in thinking a wedding was going to happen is that was issue 50 was a great issue that I know for a fact did win you uh, new fans. It's, it, I mean, I'm really proud of that issue. I mean, not least because there's a Frank Miller page in that issue. Yeah. So hell yeah. I, mean, I wrote a page that Frank Miller drew and that's enough for me for like my life, you know? So uh, <laughs> I mean, if Frank Miller was cool, like a long time ago, he's a little overrated now. Right. Oh, 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 hey, who, who is this guy? <laughs> oh, man, don't Damn. say that. Um, because we are, we at the Bat Force are like serious professional journalism. I feel that it's our responsibility <laughs> to ask the hard question why do you hate Batman? <laughs> or Wally West, or Wally West. Or uh, I hate uh, Scott Free, Mr. Miracle. I hate him. <laughs> Who else have no. I? I've hurt so many superheroes. Uh, uh, Kyle Rayner. I, oh, yeah, I chopped that guy's head off. <laughs> oh, Dick Grayson. I shot him in the head. That was sad. <laughs> 71, if you're a Tim fan, you're going to be mad at me for that. So. Uh, yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've read 71. So, oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, so issue 71. is going to be highly at the time this episode drops, issue seventy-one will be in stores. But uh, yeah, we can we can go full spoilers on issue seventy-one tonight. Uh, anything awesome. you want to say is mm. is just fine. Awesome dream issue. It's no dream. It's all a reality. Thank God. Hey, no, thank dreams... God. Uh, okay. You mentioned no, a lot of people were annoyed by the dream issues. I get it. Yeah. One I, of us here. I love them. I, I love surrealism. I, I love. Stan. I can understand the annoyance, but if someone told me, like, oh, like, it, it makes it think like it doesn't matter, like, oh, it's just another stupid dream. Exactly. But this is real. Yeah. No, I, I, can, I can get that annoyance. But to me, it, it was, to me, it's the one, perhaps the most important arc of the whole thing because it was the expo, it was Batman coming to that sort of realization that the vow is hurting him, which is what everything is about. So it was, it was as long as you feel that way, I guess that's what matters. <laughs> Plus, I got to do what seven issues with seven different artists. My favorite artist. So, no, I got no regrets. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask that. Uh, you mentioned having done a, a page with Frank Miller, and you've had quite a lineup just on the, the ongoing uh, books as well, like regular uh, artists in your rotation. Uh, who have been some of your favorite artists to work with on that? Uh, I mean, I've loved. I haven't really worked with an artist that I didn't get along with, um, or whose works. But I mean, that my. I mean, Mitch and Clay stick out just because they're my best friends. Like, I feel like we've become like almost. Um, Crisis was fantastic. Thanks. The next the last issue is locked. The art was fantastic. I, 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 don't know, like, I think that guy Clay's a little weird though, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, if you could work with him, then that's. <laughs> you had him on, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did. We I did. met him this last weekend. <laughs> I like. <laughs> Yeah, Clay's super cool. Did he talk to you about Magnum PI? That's his secret. Oh, Clay is the biggest Magnum PI fan in the world. Like he goes on sojourns to visit (laughs) Magnum PI sites. I think he's a serial killer, to be honest with you. (laughs) No, no, man, he was he was super cool. Now I I think I freaked him out a little bit when I you know first approached the booth because I mean let's be honest, these Comic Cons it's not like. Half the appeal of going to him is just the people watching, right? So, uh, you know, I approached him, and he was just, like, looking at me like, who the fuck is this guy? But, yeah, we got on good. But one of the cool things that has come as a result of Heroes in Crisis is we saw this thing happen where Clayman has now become one of the very top artists in the industry. Mm. Deserved. Deserved. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, to, to, to me, to me, no, no one in comics draws better than Clay. Oh I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I think he's he's the absolute top. Why and did that, you throw Clay under the bus with the Ivy thing? Why did I do what? Ah, eh, never mind. I'll be polite. No, well, I didn't. I didn't hear. I'm sorry to hear you. Something about throwing Clay under the bus. I want to answer. I'm I'm going to. I got the green light, so I'm going to go ahead. Uh, the, the sum of this attitude you've been getting so far is not genuine attitude. It is joke attitude coming from your friend and our friend, Mr. Clayman. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it sounded just like him. I was like, he's like Clay, and you're making fun of him. <laughs> oh, my God. That was hard. I'm saying nice things about you, thank God. Oh, my God. Barely. Barely. <laughs> I had to bring up my name. You're like Frank Miller. Frank Miller. He drew one oh page for God. me. They you know how many pages me? I like, which artist you? you like? I said, this is play. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, you have got a significant less number of pages than Mikkel, who I didn't even mention. So he should be real pissed. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've been The number of pages you've drawn for me is less than what I've written for you. So I think that is. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, welcome, Clay. <laughs> I was like, man, that, that one guy sounds like Clay really hates me. I was like, all right, I'll take it. <laughs> I, I, that rural Florida accent is just not where they're breathing. I, I felt, I felt bad. You guys are the up. best. Damn, I felt bad. Tom, you didn't speak in that. I was. It was getting pretty cringeworthy. Yeah, every every time he was saying something mean, I was texting him like, "Oh man, I feel bad. I feel bad." Feelings. <laughs> Clay and I were just at a we're just at a convention. A guy comes up. He's like, "Dude, I've been coming to your booth for like seven years." Like, "Yeah, I remember you, man. We're friends." He's like, "Do you mind if I interview you just for five minutes?" I'm like, "No problem. Sit down. We'll have a fun." And he like turned on the mic and he's he's like, "What do you say to the fans who hate you?" <laughs> because I really think they're justified. In- Right, Clay? You were sitting there. That was what happened. No, I had a smile on my face. <laughs> I forgot that we were these buttons. Yeah, he, he asked me every question like that. Man. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I was used to I'm, I've, I've gotten it before. Oh, man. Your, your battle test. I didn't make it a thousand issues. Clay Man's on. I guess you're that kind of podcast. <laughs> no, I'm a, I can go now. Tom can have his, uh, you know, limelight Wait, or Clay, whatever. Clay, Clay what? did, you, did you read the script I sent you? Yeah, I read them. Did you like them? Are they okay? He's like, get to work. Page I, one. I, page I, one I get, g- I, gave the page away to another artist. That was that was nice. Um, that I was my favorite I, part. I didn't get my copy of the script, uh, just saying. <laughs> yeah, Clay. No, Clay's, I told you I liked it. No, you didn't. You don't read your stinking email. I, I sent you. I liked it. I even text you questions about the script and you ignore them. <laughs> I swear to God, I, look at your text. It says, first of all, you really? lied to me on this podcast, so you have a standing. <laughs> I didn't lie to you as Crosby Montana. I didn't lie to you as Clay. Look, if you look at your test, I, I specifically ask you a question. All right, I'm looking at my text right now. We're going to test this entire theory oh. here. Okay. I'm gonna. I really hope too. you write Crosby Montana into your next script. Mm. Clayman. Mm. Oh, you sent me a no. You sent me some pathetic Tom King and Clayman in 2019, which you didn't even bother to put in photos. Oh, so there's gonna be more Clayman and Tom King in 2019. Tom, you know I'm not working right now, and I'm sort of just kind of bed rest. That's the best I could come up. Thanks. <laughs> Here. <laughs> Here. Mm. Tom's ambush left and right at cons on <laughs> Why are you on bed rest, Clay? I had a little surgery. Uh, was this uh, was this your back? No, something else. Make a joke, uh, Tom. Good luck, uh... <laughs> Him and Seth, on, him and Seth were uh, joined, and now they're not. So congratulations <laughs> to both of you. <laughs> I won't say where they were attached, but it's embarrassing for us all. <laughs> Holy cow, 71 issues, though. I guess it's a record now, 71 consecutive Batman issues. You're not planning on uh, hanging up the cowl anytime soon, are you, Tom? 
No, I'm here. I talked to the publisher this morning. He said 106. He extended me one more issue. So apparently I'm on to 106, 106. As, as of this morning. As this morning. Okay, so that's yeah. good. Holy hell, 106. 106. So that'll, that'll take me to the end of 2020, right when 2021 is about to and start. All right, good. So they're, they're sticking with the uh, the two issues per month gig, which is pretty sweet as well. And, uh, and yeah. working with so many different artists, have you found this work? Like the workflow has has it just become secondary now? You being that you're just churning out issue at arc after arc, I should say. You know, looking at almost seventy five issues, how does it feel now? You you comfortable? You you feel like you're just getting started, or what's the mentality? Now? I don't I don't think I've gotten any more comfortable. I mean, it's gotten a little easier recently, just because I don't write that many other books. Because Mister Miracle ended. And, uh, and and the next thing hasn't started yet. So right now I'm just all Batman. I'm, still, I'm doing Walmart Superman at the same time, which nobody reads. But uh. <laughs> my Walmart doesn't carry them. No, Walmart carries them. They are theoretical books. They are launched into the ether as far as I can tell. <laughs> well, we are finally, I know we're getting a strictly comic shop release of the Batman books. So hopefully the Superman ones will follow suit. Yeah, the Superman will, yeah, so so they're 12 pages each, so they're going to be collected two issues per issue. That doesn't sound right, but anyways, it'll be, it'll be 24 pages per issue. So you'll, you'll get two stories in each issue. So I'm going to give an alert here. Uh, I'm about to get things boring. Uh, one of my favorite things to bore people with when we are reviewing the single issues is to uh, go over the your recurring use of poetry <laughs> uh, to to parallel themes of events that are happening in the issues. Uh, like most recently in issue 70, you used some William Blake and some Dante. So the, the issue started with uh, Maxi Zeus. He was reciting part of the argument from William Blake. The character Rintra in, in that sort of parallels Batman and the enemy who laid the perilous path for him parallels sort of everything that that Bane has been setting out for Batman you know, over this over this entire story and the issue then ends with Maxie is now uh, reading from uh, the Inferno uh, at, at the scene where Dante and Virgil are passing through uh, the gate of hell as Batman is exiting Arkham Asylum so what I wanted to ask for your creative process is this a knowledge of poetry influencing your writing or are you applying these works uh, to the story you're writing because of the thematic parallels? I, th I, th I think it's a little of both, uh, which is a shitty answer, but I think it's true. But what, what, what I like about that issue is, is for long-term readers, those are the exact same two poems, of course, that were used the last time someone beat their way through Arkham, which was when Bane did it in issue 17. So this is a 50-issue callback to the to uh, or 50-plus issues to what happened was th that issue that just came out 70 is an exact parallel to that issue 17 I believe it's 17 where Bane had to fight his way into Arkham and that issue of course starts with the Dante poem but and ends with the Blake poem and this is the opposite this is um, Batman fighting his way out of Arkham so we start with the Blake and we end with the Dante and Batman. Um, has to fight fights in the exact same order all the villains that Bane fought when he had to fight his way through. And the reason you find out if you read 71, since we'll spoil that a little bit, is that that's a hint that Bane is manipulating Batman. He's making Batman relive the same fight that Bane did. It's kind of his way of t telling Batman, go fuck yourself for making me go through that. So that that's, that's the parallel there. So Batman thinks he's sort of fighting random villains, but he's actually fighting the exact people Bane has lined up as a way to be like, ha ha ha, you know, this is all coming around again. Yeah, and that's sort of revealed when Ventriloquist is reporting to Bane and says, you know, he, Scarecrow is next as you requested. Exactly, yeah, that's it, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I like those themes and that you come back to things, uh, just like in Yannick's issue that you did uh, when we got the uh, the song uh, returning some of these days, I think. That's right. Yeah, some of these days from the annual. Yeah. And my favorite thing that Yannick did in that we had him on uh, a few weeks ago and he let us in on the fact that when you gave him the script and it was, you know, this page, they're dancing, 
this page. They're dancing. Yeah, this that's all it was. <laughs> and it gave him, you know, all this freedom to, to do different things. So, you know, he did the looked at them throughout the eras, but then what he did to further that was to put in the music notes carrying through their dance. And it's so smart and so creative that because he's a musician, he actually transcripted the song and printed the actual song through those art pages. Wow. So anyone who reads music can actually read the song through the pages. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I knew that about Yannick just from talking with, Scott had worked with Yannick before and had talked about sort of how music plays a role until like he'll read a script and, and write a song that goes with that script. So I thought I'd just take out the middleman and give him a song to start with. And then Clay can attest to this. I love comics that are in boxes, like, like one thing after another, like a Mr. Miracle is. And Yannick doesn't do that at all. He blows up boxes. He does, you know, things in circles, and he does people crossing. And, and so I knew working with him, if I asked him to sort of do that, it just wouldn't work. So I, I, I purposely made the script very vague so he could do that sort of, he could do his magic to it, and I, I could make it work that way. And, uh, yeah, and of, and, of course, that, that script's all about, you know, you have two people dancing, Batman and Catwoman, and you contrast that with the two bad guys, Thomas and Bane, punching the shit out of each other. So it's almost like two different versions of a dance. Naked Bane. Let's let's get more specific. Naked Bane. Super <laughs> naked Bane. <laughs> Why is Bane naked? That's the why most do you hate Bane? Popular question online. But no, I why think... do you love Bane? That's the question. Wait, yeah, do, um, do, yeah. You guys do know why why Bane's naked, right? That's like the thing. It's like yeah, Because yeah. that's how he uh yeah how he he grew up with. That's um, how he grew up. Yeah, he grew yeah. up naked. Yeah. I but I still think I still we, think we should we know that, but the millennials don't know that. <laughs> I, I still think we should get a panel where Bane says, "No one cared who I was until I took off the pants." <laughs> <laughs> no one cared who I was until I took off the pants. <laughs> I can't wait to see Clay Man's naked Bane cover. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait for you to write in the story or have the title of a book called Bane is. <laughs> just leave it like that, yeah. <laughs> Have him sitting through the window, and just like a big copy of Playgirl falls in his lap. He's like, "Ah, I shall be a naked baby." <laughs> <laughs> you should give him an eye patch, and people will think he's Sagat from Street Fighter. Oh yeah, there you go. See, crossover potential. <laughs> That's what they're looking for. Yeah, the, but the poetry stuff, yeah. I, I mean, it's 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 a few things. It's. One of the problems with Batman, just writing Batman, is I hate to write scenes of Batman when he's talking while he's fighting. Because mm -hmm. I feel like Batman doesn't talk while he fights. Mm. Yeah. Rain Grayson, that's Dick Grayson, man. He's all over this stuff. Spider-Man obviously does it. Even yeah. Scott Free will, will talk a little bit while he fights. But Batman, he, he says he's a man of very few words, and if he's punching you in the face, he has no desire to be like, the reason I'm punching you in the face is because <laughs> of this. Mm. Yeah. No, Batman yeah, just not, punches you. Yeah, he's like not doing like or he's is. screaming at you. Where is she? You know. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Where is she? <laughs> I, I always, I always felt that way too when Batman's fighting. It's like, if, yeah, for him to talk, that'd be a little bit almost like exposition because uh, I, I hate when I used to read some of the old books, but I love them. But you would have like Joker and Scarecrow having a transaction. They'll be like, blah blah blah, Joker. Okay, blah blah blah, Scarecrow. I mean, like they fucking know who each other are. <laughs> Writers back then had to just you know think about the script head on like that, but. uh Hey, congratulations with Mr. Miracle as well. I cannot wait for that hardcover. What I think it's hitting next week? Is this week, yeah. Is, in like four days or something, or five days. Yeah. Four days. Per, and uh, that, yeah, that's that's been uh, hot in the streets, actually. Uh, this whole thing about uh, taking these classic DC characters and just giving a little a little <laughs> modern boost. And I think your Mr. Miracle is definitely attested that, to that focus. Do you, are there any other... Character, DC characters that you would want to tackle like that in the future? Well, yeah, well, I'm working on two right now for the next sort of thing. Mitch and I are, are sort of doing our, I, I don't know what we call it. Like the, the, so we did Sheriff of Babylon, that Vertigo book, and then we did Mr. Mm -hmm. Miracles. This is our, our third project together, almost like a third novel. So, yeah, so we're doing one who I can't talk about. Mm -hmm. Although if you read Heroes in Crisis 5, which Clay, Clay drew, there's a huge hint in there. I, I mean, I mean, there's a t t I mean, I'm generally of the opinion that it doesn't really matter what character you're doing. It's more important um, the artist you're working with and the freedom you have. Right. So, like, with my biggest successes with Vision and Mr. Miracle, I was given those characters. Marvel came to me with Vision. Uh, DC came to me with, with Mr. Miracle. And I asked them. I said, they said, you could have any character because they just want me to do Vision and DC to do... 
um, I know you'd, you'd be surprised that the companies copy from each other, but uh, they're like, can, can you do Vision in DC? Like, and I was like, well, just give me a character I can work with. And they, they gave me Mr. Miracle. Mm. So I, to me, it's more important. Like, like anyone, it can be a good character. There's no, I mean, maybe like um, Brother Power the Geek or whatever is no good. But <laughs> <that's> like, <laughs> even him, I'm sure there's something deep inside that weird mm. thing. Yeah, only because just... Like, just a fan dream, but ever after Mr. Miracle, I always wondered what if DC threw like Dr. Fate at Tom King, what would happen? I always wondered about things like that. Like ha- characters that are so awesome, but have just been sprinkled out throughout DC mythology and need something a little more concrete for modern day. You know, that's uh, why, um, that's why, yeah, that's why the Mr. Miracle thing we're really happy with. So, uh, excited to see uh, who you guys are working on next, actually. I mean, that's what DC does best. You take these old characters and you take them seriously. I mean, that's what um, uh, Alan Moore did with the Charlton's characters, right? You, t- you take these characters and take them seriously, and suddenly these sort of gods become cool because you hook them to the reality. It's, I love it, man. Yeah, that's my favorite thing to do, mm. to do stuff like that. Really, you gotta, you gotta take those leaps. I mean, you know, there was a lot of people get, jumping off Batman prior to Frank Miller. You know, you just... You know, you just need that modern jolt up the ass. and uh, <laughs> 100%. 100%. Can you believe that was 30-some-odd years ago? I just looked it up at date. I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe year one was so long ago. Yeah, that perfect storm. It was like Dark Knight Returns year one, and then you had, like, Arkham Asylum and Killing Joke. And it was just this. Yeah. It's something that I think Black Label was trying to test it now and then just has this this major road bump. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a... Well, speaking of <laughs> year bump. one, you've got... <laughs> Jorge Fornes doing a very year one-esque looking Batman. Mm. Mm. Is that something you specifically mm. asked him to do? That's his style. I, I mean, that's that's what Jorge loves. I, I found Jorge on Twitter. I mean, I don't know if you can find somebody, but he was like, he was tweeting at me of these like Batman images. And mm-hmm. I reached out to him, direct message, like, do you want to draw some Batman? Because it's beautiful. And, yeah. and we pass it on oh, to man. the powers that be at Batman. They're like, well, he just looks like he's kind of almost Mazzucchelli. And I was like, yes, that's what I love. I do want to take a second. Uh, I've been speaking with Jorge recently. And uh, by the time this episode is released, he should have welcomed his new baby into the world. So uh, congratulations oh, to, to congratulations Jorge. Very cool. Well, oh, I just love, um, you know, and 71 is part two of the newest arc called the fall and the fallen where you have Mikhail Janin and then Jorge doing, you know, different sections of the book playing off of each other. And do you specifically write these pages for this artist and these pages for this artist, knowing that how they're going to do that? Or can you talk a little bit about the process on that? Yeah, absolutely. So for, what happened with Fall and the Fallen was we were going to do a different kind of arc, and I changed it the last second, which meant Mikel needed some help. And so fortunately we had Jorge on call, but Mikel couldn't do whole issues. So then I was like, okay, well, we have to make each of these issues work. I hate issues. I hate stories where you tell the same story and then it changes art, but it's the same story. I just hate issues like that. Um, don't I, Clay? You're still there. Yes. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm a f- yeah. Uh, so, so the, the one thing my editors, I was like, all right, just tell me ahead of time who can do what pages. So my editors would be like, okay, Jorge can do this many pages, Mikel could do that many pages, and then I'll then I'll divide the issue and make it so that some of it's flashbacks, some of it's present day, or there's two different sort of aspects of it. So yeah, that, so all those issues were written specifically for those artists. So like in, in and in '71, I knew I wanted to do two contrasting things. I wanted to do sort of Batman at his lowest points, finally confronting Bane. And I wanted to do something big with the Bat family. And I had these two artists. And obviously, Mikel, I've been working with him for five years. He's brilliant. And one of the things he does best is draw the Bat family. I mean, I started on Gracie with him. And I know his Batgirl is one of the best Batgirls out there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so Mikel, okay. Has, to, Mikel has to do the Bat family parts. And we did Robin Ward together. So I've seen him draw all the Robins. So, uh, and then I was like, and if we're going to do some like cool like interiors of the of the cat of the Wayne Manor, I said the castle, Jesus, of Wayne Manor. I was like, that's Jorge, that's him. That that's to me the, the the fight scene with Jorge. So that that's how I sort of decided, and then I'll divide on that one. And then you'll see seventy two is 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 similar in style, where Mikel is doing these sort of huge flashbacks, where we, um, mm-hmm. and then and then and then Jorge's doing the big fight, the big Batman Bane fight is what seventy two. Uh, yes, more Jorge. 
So, uh, and then that, that issue 72, which is coming up, is the explanation of Bane's plan. We finally get Bane's plan in 72. Okay. And that was one thing that I said before um, you came on, is that 71, I liked how it doesn't answer any questions. It only creates more that makes me anticipate how this is going to come. It's stressing me out, man, but I love it. 71 is such a slap in the face. I feel bad. It's, it's, one of those <laughs> it's, it's similar to the We just had um, you know, Heroes in Crisis 7 come out. It's similar to that where it's like, oh, this is this is going to hurt. <laughs> you know? But, uh, but, you know, I mean, like I heard something good. Um, I forgot who it was. I saw it on Twitter and they made a very good point. They're like, you know, bad things happen to good characters. And that's what keeps making them, you know, more interesting. You've got to have some kind of struggle for them to, you know, to overcome it and create a good story. It can't be all just rainbows and sunshine all the time. I mean, when I was setting up this whole 100-issue arc, I, I thought of it in 25-issue segments, sort of each, like, four 25-issue chapters. Wow. At the end of 25, you know, Batman sort of resolved his initial conflicts, and, and he can and he's found sort of a neutral place and 25 to 50 was his rise it was his rise to a place of happiness right uh and then i mean i literally drew this on a board and i was like and then seven and then 50 through 75 that's the fall that that that's batman crashing and i remember people in the room when i proposed this at a dc summit are like you're gonna do 25 issues of suffering <laughs> and i was like i think i can pull it off i think i can pull it off <laughs> um but a man why I'm, not he's done 80 years Shit. <laughs> Right. I I am now looking yeah right looking forward to 75 when finally sort of we can turn and you know we get to that point where he's you know in the basement of the Hellfire Club and he's like now it's my turn like I'm just so looking forward to it to that moment yeah right so what issue you just said that Clay sent him a script so what issue are you already done with the script of like how far ahead are you I'm about to do issue 80 and we're we're pretty tightly plotted through. 86 like every issue is pretty much determined and then 86 through 100 we have sort of a general plot of what that will be and then 100 106 are pretty tight and then of course there's you know we're, we're, we're building to sort of a huge thing so we have to get that done right i hope that uh, somewhere in those issues uh there is a particular character that we've discussed with clay mm. that uh we all want to see and hopefully we are going to see that come to fruition yeah, dude, no, no, Kite Man's in 76. <laughs> I can verify that. Look, 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 you, made Kite Man, you made Kite Man awesome. I mean, Hell yeah. he was badass and he was just so relatable. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, I think we all, uh, you know, as the reader, you know, you could feel for the guy. Mm. You know, he was, he was always been a joke, but... Back the, the first time you came on the show, before Rebirth started, it was shortly after you were announced as taking over the reins for Batman, you asked us for some C-list villains that we wanted to see uh, show up in your Batman book. And I'm pretty sure one of the names that we threw at you was Kite Man. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so it was very cool to see that uh, that eventually come up. And then, yeah, you, you managed to take this goofy third or fourth rate character from the past and you gave him a sympathetic story and made him a, a cool character uh, in that respect i i am 100 percent sure that played a role in the decision to use kite man because i didn't i remember because i was planning issue five the um no six the ivan reese issue and i just i needed some third rate villains and i was just and i'm sure you're i was like oh yeah okay those guys like kite man so I'll put kite man in here and then as soon as we had him say that hell yeah thing, I was like, okay, I like this. I like yep. that hell yeah. <laughs> so we'll bring him back. And then he was he was this char I mean, and the fact that his name is Charles Brown and his he flies a car, I was like, that's I I love a huge peanuts fan. I have a kid named Charles. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, you know, like you you got you know, you 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 make him this cool, you know, people actually care about Kite Man, then you turn the page, he gets his ass kicked by Batman. You feel bad for the guy, then you turn the next page. He gets, then he gets his ass kicked by the Joker, and it's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, I'm sorry. Want to kill you? No, it's like, it's like Lucy, man. He's always going to try to kick that football, and he's always. Gonna... <laughs> uh, uh, I I do want to just mention we talked about the poetry use. I I do want to urge people that whether you've picked up on the significance of the poems used in the issues or not. 
uh, go back and read some of these issues and actually go and read the poems themselves because uh, I'm sure that partly space issues not being able to fit entire poems in an issue, but also probably copyright reasons that you can't put an entire uh, poem in an issue. But sure. if you go and read these entire works, you will see a lot of ways that these poems on the whole fit thematically into what's happening in the story. And it, it gives everything a, a deeper meaning. And it's it's really worth the time to to go through and and read this stuff. I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, that's really nice of you to say. I'm glad I'm glad someone notices that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's my favorite thing. Uh, every every time I see the poetry come up, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, let's <laughs> let's see how how this fucking ties into what that, Thank you, Alfred Lord Tennyson, Robin. We I told just, you it was going to be boring. I, I'm just waiting for uh, the Robert Frost Road Not Taken to be in, in somewhere. The punch not taken. Hey, um, while we have both you know Tom and Clay on, can you guys talk a little bit about um, Batman 36 and 37? Um, you know, the super friends, double date issues. God, those, classic, those got a lot of positive feedback from readers. Mm. They love Oh, yeah, when... Ever Clay and I are at a con, I, I, over and over again, everyone brings up that issue, and they're like, dude, this is my favorite issue of your entire run. And I'm looking, I was like, oh, it's 37, I'm on 71. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> got Damn. 40 issues without topping it. Damn you, Clay, man. <laughs> I do want to uh, give you some background information. This is really throwing Charles uh, under the bus here. But uh, when Clay was on our show the first time, there was an incident where... Uh, we, I, I can't remember how it came up. <laughs> naming uh, of our favorite. I know exactly how it happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, by the way, um, I'm still. You know, just let Crosby tell it. Clay was uh, talking about how uh, art is difficult for him, and he sees, you know, how some of these artists at cons just effortlessly draw beautiful pages, but he feels that it's uh, uh, a more laborious task for him. And uh, it, that, that really struck us because his art does look so beautiful. And we just spontaneously started naming like some particular pieces that we loved of his. And when it got to Charles, he starts describing this one cover that Clay had done uh, where it was uh, Batman and Catwoman were, were on a rooftop. And the, the point of view was that the camera was pointing up at them and they were looking down. And Clay cuts him off to say, you would be describing a cover by Olivier Coppel. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite moment ever in any of our episodes. I was listening to that on the morning commute, and I'm at the stoplight. And when that moment hit, I think I spewed my Starbucks all over the front of the dashboard. <laughs> People are looking at me like, what's going on? We were at a con what, two weeks ago and I asked you if, if you had drawn the cover to Heroes in Crisis 5 because I didn't think it was up to your standards. <laughs> I drew a lot of covers to Heroes in Crisis that weren't up to standards. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's been a result of storylines bumping issues a little farther back or if there have been ch changes in plans for covers but like as of this moment diamond still has on their database the wrong cover listed for batman 71 it is one of uh mikhail's covers yeah, uh, with, i think it's uh, the horses yeah the horses yeah that's supposed to be yeah like i said we changed all of this I, it's all my fault. I had sort of forgot a beat I wanted to put in. And uh, I was going to do this sort of original. You'll see the horses. They come back there in 74 and 75. Uh, but yeah, so I know. Diamond messed it up. The, I, the, I like the cover. The cover, the 471, the Andy Kubrick cover is, much, is awesome. So yeah, I'm, really I'm, su I'm super happy with that. Uh, so yeah. Oh. I, yeah, it was stupid. Diamond. It was stupid my fault for changing things at the last second. But sometimes you have to, you know, or else you can't tell good stories, you know. Absolutely. You, like, like I'm not, I'm, I'm a human being. I make mistakes occasionally. And it's better off than I admitting my mistake than putting out a shitty comment. Dude, that's true. Cause I remember when uh, it was they wrote Wessler instead of Wesker for the ventriloquist, and then we we all <laughs> spinned it off like uh, he's so pathetic that Arkham doesn't even care about getting his name right on his uniform. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that was that was beautiful. I do wanna 
give you a little big up too. Um, this uh, YouTube reviewer, a uh, comic book reviewer, uh, this guy named Omni Dog. He's he's like in his mid sixties now. He's been reading comic books for over fifty years, and he says that your Batman run is the best Batman stuff he's ever read in his life. So good. So he's suffering from early Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah, he can't remember frank miller that's okay <laughs> I, th- I think when you're on batman you'll never do as good as frank did so that's kind of like your starting point it's the best a- batman stories have already been written mm-hmm. and you kind of have to just kind of come to uh come to terms with that that's not true for all characters when you're <laughs> doing kyle rayner you know you have a shot so. <laughs> Well, I think that's uh, an interesting thing where the use of poetry comes in. Uh, I think to a degree there are a finite number of truly different stories, truly original, a finite number of truly original stories that can be told. But there are an infinite number of characters that can be used to tell those stories, and it's those different characters that bring their their own touches and their their own changes to those the struggles that you know there there are really only so many stories of good versus evil you know essentially a story of good versus evil is a story of good versus evil but it's it's that infinite number of characters and the nuances that each character can bring to those stories that that give us interesting stories yeah i mean it's it's there's there's only two stories i mean I, i believe that there's the odyssey there's a character traveling in order to get to a goal and they have adventures along the way. And there's the Iliad. There's two opposing forces that come together. And at the end, one force must give way. Like I, I do feel that there's, and there's just an infinite way to tell those different stories. You know, it's uh, yeah. It's like, there's only so many ways to put paint on a canvas, but you can do whatever you want once it gets there. Batman's sort of a classic story. It's like, it's a, it's, it's a clash between it's, it's, it's Bane versus Batman. It's bad guy versus good guy. Bad guy's trying to tear good guy down. Good guy can't be defeated. And then at the secondary story, it's a guy who's fallen in love but doesn't know how to be in love. Mm. I mean, that's all it, that's all it is. When, when, whenever people ask me, you know, they're, they're like, all right, Tom, what, what is your Batman story about? It's, like, I was like, it's, just, it's just about two things. It's about um, Bane is bad and Batman loves Catwoman. That's just it. Those are those <laughs> two things. And every issue has to point back to those two things. One of those what? two things. What made you choose Bane as like the main mastermind in, in your whole series? Uh, I was looking for a villain. I didn't want to do the Joker. I felt like Scott had sort of uh, done a, a just such a brilliant Joker run and it had been the mastermind behind his 52 issues. And if, if, if that was the... I, I just didn't think I could top it almost. Um, and so then, then I was thinking, oh, you know, the Riddler would be good because he's super smart. And it was, it, was, it was an editor at DC who came up to me and said, how about Bane? It was Andy Corey, not even the editor on the book. He was my editor on Mega Man at the time. I was like, Bane, Bane's so lame. You know, Bane's so, I was in a prison and I got out, whatever. And, uh, and he said, no, no, do you know Bane's origin? I was like, oh, but no, whatever. What's his origin? I was like, he was four years old and they stuck him in a cell and they closed the door for 17 years. Every day the cell flooded. And he floated to the top and fish swam in it. And then to eat, he had to grab them with his teeth and eat them bloody raw. And then at the end of the day, it would, the, it would, it would come down, he'd tread water all day, and he'd pass out. And he'd repeat the same thing for 17 years. And I was like, okay, that's fucking awesome. That is awesome. And, uh, and we talked about it on an, uh, a previous episode when we were just talking about you know reviewing some of the books. And with Bane, you can create like a... Um, a long story, you know, because he's in it for the long run. He does, he's 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 not the type of character that just shows up one or two issues, fight, 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 and then goes away. You know, he's he's got the long game, you know, for his his intentions. That's true. It's like the first third of uh, the Nightfall saga, and that's what's so great. What you're doing with Bane is that since Nightfall, you know, um, I think people tend to clump Bane with, you know, he's just uh, you know, um, a musclehead, you know, a dumb you know, a slobber knocker kind of guy, but Bane's actually really fucking intelligent. I mean, yeah, well, he's, he's got the strength. Let's be but... honest, that Dark Knight Rises movie didn't do him any favors. Batman Forever didn't do him any favors. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, <laughs> good sir. Nightfall, Nightfall really was the last time that Bane was given this much due, you know? He, he hasn't been, uh, he hasn't been 
given the respect and treated this way, you know, as as this legitimate a threat since since nightfall. Mm. And I was, you know, they say like when you're 12, it's like when you establish your childhood. I think I was about 12 when nightfall came out and that blew my mind. So, I mean, I think that is also plays into it. Just um, just as like Frank Miller, when he was. When he was a kid, Joker was, you know, that's what blew his mind. When I was a kid, Bane blew my mind. Nightfall was just, I could not believe when he broke the bat. I remember reading that issue, buying it off the rack, going to a McDonald's next door because I couldn't wait to get home to read it. And just be like, oh my God, I've watched him crack that bat. And um, yeah, so, 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 so to me, it's just something visceral in childhood about it that I just had to get back to. I think, I think it's a really good character to come full circle in such a, a nice long arc, too. You know, there's there's something about Bane that he he holds a lot of presence amongst a lot of the other rogues in Gotham and whatnot. So you're not shy in, in terms of letting Batman beat the shit out of him either, man. I remember going back, <laughs> what was it, that David Finch issue, I think? And yeah, he's just yeah. going through Arkham. Man, you, were you having a bad day? <laughs> you're, just, you're just pounding everyone in Arkham, man. I also like how... Um... You're tying in, you know, the button with mm. uh, the button issues with this run, and we have Thomas Wayne in the same reality as we know it right now, same reality as Bruce Wayne. Mm. And I'm really interested in how this plays out. And Skeets too, right? Yeah, Skeets is in. So. Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. T- Thomas Wayne plays a huge role. He's sort of the Darth Vader to. Bane's Emperor. Okay, that's that exact analogy was what I came up with whenever I saw this page. You know, especially where Bruce Wayne enters, like you know the the dining room, right? And Bane's sitting there, and you know Thomas is behind him. I was like, holy shit, this is Return of the Jedi right here. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) that. That was a that was a not so subtle callback to some Star Wars shit there. Yeah, I love that. It's my mission uh, to own that that page right there, Tom. Uh, it exists. Buy it. It's it's in the works. I have a Jorge page up on my wall, um, which I love from issue from the one the dream issues that Clady hated so much. Uh, <laughs> I pick I picked up the I one don't... where him and Catwoman jumping off the roof with the finger streak at the bottom. Oh yeah, so good. Do you collect much original art? Uh yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself like a crazy collector, but yeah, yeah, I I collect. I collect a decent amount of original art. Clay just gave me a page, which I love. I just hung it up on the wall today. So you made me redraw part of it before you took it, but that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not fair. There, there was a panel on the page where the uh, uh, the character did not have a nose because the Clay had told the colorist to put in the nose, and I said, "Clay, can you draw a little nose for me?" <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Is that asking too much? That seems all right. <laughs> Tom, what does it feel like when you see people CGCing your drawings on blank covers of Batman? It feels like CGC is a complete fraud because no one should get a 9.8. No no one should ever get a 9.8 if I drew on your cover. (laughs) I'm I'm guilty of having a 9.8 Tom King sketch. Oh, see, that's impossible. It's impossible. (laughs) That should be in the, the bylaws. Like if Tom King has touched this with a pen automatically nine is your highest grade if it says i'm sorry that apology is for it not being a 9.8 if it's missing a staple or has tom on it either way you're a 4.0 i love doing those they're incredibly fun i can see because i have i have i have no talent for it at all and i grew i grew up loving comics like worshiping this medium and then what a sad day it was when i put a pen to paper and realized i could never ever do half of the work of it you know um so it's, to me, it's it's oh yeah, it's it's fun and uh, has that become uh, popular now? A lot of people ask for that all the time now. For like- so so many people and my you know um, we have a con agent who you know like, sort of handles our tables for us and he's like Tom you got to charge you got to charge for this I was like no I don't want it. he's like no 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 because there's too many people asking it's like all right I'll charge and so he charged him twenty dollars and the first person I did it for they, I, I gave it back to them they're like I paid twenty dollars just like I'm never charging again. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Doug. Take it easy on people. <laughs> if anyone, I always put the, it's, it's all Heroes Initiative. So if people ask before, I was like, yes, donate to Heroes Initiative, and mm. I do it. So I'll just, um, yeah. So yeah, people, I, I, get, I get more than your average request for them. Clay taught me how to draw the nose on Batman, so he, he really perfected, actually, my technique. Oh, every day, my kids, my kids have napkins in their lunch, and every morning I have to wake up early and draw little Batman doing things uh, <laughs> on their napkins. That's, that's awesome. 
for them to throw out every day. So I hope you don't charge them twenty dollars. Huh? <laughs> oh, but it's for the heroes edition, so it's for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, your lunch money will support some 90-year-old comic book creator. They're taking it to school and hustling it and selling it off to some other little kid. <laughs> selling it to your friend's dads. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on kindergarten eBay, K-Bay. <laughs> I was talking to Clay and Mitch, and we were, I don't know, an Uber or something, and they started talking about how an arm moves and how, like, when you move, the bicep goes one way, but if you move the arm the other way, the bicep doesn't move. So when you draw the arm, like you have to think about where the. I was like, I have no idea what you're fucking talking about. I was like, you might as well be speaking Portuguese. I just, I don't. Like my eyes don't work this way that I see movement in the way you guys see it. Well, I was at a panel um, this past weekend that had uh, Jim Lee, Pete Tomasi, James Tinian, Doug Monkey, and uh, Frank Thierry, maybe. And they were Jim Lee, and it was kind of cool to hear Jim Lee and Doug talking uh about you know when they do like little sketches on sketch covers and stuff for artists and jim's like i always draw my faces looking to the right and it's because i'm right-handed and that's just kind of the natural rotation of the wrist and stuff for me whereas doug is left-handed and he draws all his people looking left and jim's like it took me 40 years to figure that out Wow. <laughs> well, even asking Clay to draw that nose, I was teasing him and I was like, Alex Toth for a nose just draws two lines. And I was like, just draw two lines. And he's like, No, you can't draw two lines. That means their head is tilted up. I was like, You can't draw a nose that way unless their head's tilted a certain way. I was like, What? I've never even thought of that. Like it's crazy to think of think of the world's little I'm amazed you remember half this stuff. Give him another piece of uh, art knowledge. Uh... give me some advice about art. Perspective? Should I draw? You give you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have an art question for you. So when I when Lee Lee Weeks is like a master, right? He's also a friend of mine. But Lee, for every page he does, he draws, he draws all the perspective lines. You've you've seen that, right, Clay? He draws like a thousand perspective lines mm. before he starts. You don't do that at all, right? Do you just have the perspective in your head, in terms of like what's in the foreground, background, and the the vanishing point, where the fuck that is. Yeah, I don't do all those lines. I do a couple of lines, but yeah, I don't do I don't do all the lines. Do you know on every page where the vanishing point is, or whatever that is, or the whatever it's called? Like, do you yeah, set yeah. the a background? Back. Yeah, a professional. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, maybe that's what you should do on your next sketch cover, Tom. Is just draw a bunch of lines and be like, look, I'm setting the vanishing point. I'm you setting see? the vanishing point. <laughs> an arrow that says vanishing point, pointing to the vanishing point. We got a new tradition here. Every previous guest gets oh, to yeah. ask a question for the next guest. So Brian Hill was on last week. He's uh, doing oh. He uh, His question for you guys is, what is your favorite Phil Collins song? And then after that, you guys have to give us a question to ask our next guest. So. Sometimes you should have said your favorite Phil Collins song, and then they had to sing at least one verse. <laughs> had Tom King and Clay Manchester. Mm. I want to hear Clay's answer. <laughs> <laughs> said your favorite <laughs> Phil Collins song, and you better have one. He's Googling Phil Collins The one that was in Magnum P.I. Yeah, the one that was in Magnum P.I. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I feel like I know who that is. <laughs> Who's Genesis? By the way, yeah, that, that was Genesis? still called. Oh, then there's two songs from Man and Pi. Mm. There you go. I remember because um, Brian Mama, Hill. like Mama, or uh, these are Man. Seriously, they're Man and Pi songs. Brian Hill was like, "Oh, it's Tonight. Tom King, huh? Let me ask him." How do you kill somebody with a paperclip? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly is the answer. <laughs> Phil Collins song? Yeah. Uh, I saw Phil Collins in concert when I was 14 years old. Oh, shit. How does was, that not surprise me? <laughs> I know, right? It was, it was one of those things my, my, my mother got tickets for my brother and I. It was like, oh, is this what the young people are listening to today? We're like, no, it's not at all what the young people are listening to. <laughs> <laughs> what you're listening to tonight. <laughs> so, so we went to the concert. And like, it was one of those things where like all my friends were like, oh, you went to a concert, man. You see the Beastie Boys? I was like, no, it was something else. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, uh, so and I remember he sung Take Me Home. As it's, as it's going out, so it's the only thing I remember at the concert. And he said the words, take me home, maybe 50,000 times. <laughs> I, 
Like, he just... It was he sung us out for twenty minutes of take take me home, and and you're like yes, take me home right now. I'm ready. <laughs> yes, to I'm like yes. <laughs> so that I want to say it's my most memorable one. When I think Phil Collins, I think of just like sitting there, his fifteenth encore of Take Me Home. I was like, we'll take you home, Phil Collins. I'll do it personally. Where is home? <laughs> All right, and so what is your? And it can be any question, but what is your question for our next guest? And I'll warn you, uh, if schedules work out, the next guest will be Mitch Garrett. Uh, okay, Mitch Garrett. Should... <laughs> Do you have one, Clay? We're seeing, Mitch in, we're seeing Mitch in three days. We're all hanging out in Orlando. So we'll see him before you record. Three days? Five days, uh, whatever. I can't. Uh-oh, Clay didn't get invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, dude, Clay, I can get you a badge, man. Don't worry about it. I have a hookup. You want to pay to get it. I was asking you if you got that script, Clay, because that's what you're going to be doing when he's out partying. <laughs> Ask him. Ask him if there if he can name a, a, a CBS um, military show that he doesn't like. Oh, God, that's true. He likes every stinking show on <laughs> don't give him heads up though this is going to be a good one <laughs> okay so it was a, yeah. a, a CBS military show that he does not like yeah. you could just ask him what show on TV don't you like average <laughs> okay oh that's hilarious perfect also is there is there anything that we haven't allowed you uh, the chance to, to promote mention yet is there anything you wanted to cover you wanted to, to tell people before we uh, wrap up here Clay, we should announce that you're coming on for issues 78 and 79. I don't think people know that, so we should tell them that. Mm-hmm. Are you going to... 78 and 79. So, Tom, you're going to have Clay draw the most difficult thing because he cranked you earlier in this interview? Vanishing point. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I just think of which, which of his pages I'm going to give to Jorge is the question. <laughs> <laughs> Page one, apparently. <laughs> Next thing we know, Clay's promoting Marvel 1000. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that whole thing was new books. I didn't know that was one yeah. issue. Yeah, that, 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 you're, that, not, you're not the only one. That, yeah. yeah, that disappointed everyone. They did that backwards, announcing all these creative teams, and people say, "Oh, this is so cool! Uh, I, I wonder what title these guys are going to do. I wonder what title these guys are going to do." Like, no, they're going to be doing one to three pages all in the same book. <laughs> I reached out to my editor. I was like, "Jorge's on one of these. Jorge got a Marvel book. We have them scheduled to do issues." <laughs> I, I would just, I would just wonder where can I pick up Marvel number nine ninety nine, man. I gotta, I gotta catch up. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh man, you are behind. <laughs> so behind. Well, um, Tom, didn't you rename uh, your Mir- uh, Mr. Miracle series, right? Yes, Dark Side is one thousand. Yes, it's gonna be out this this uh, on Wednesday. So if you guys want to pick it up, mm. uh, um, so that was. A- Hopefully you read Dark Side. Yes, everyone, make sure to pick up that beautiful hardcover of Mr. Miracle. Yeah. yeah. Marvel 1000. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if they get to do Marvel 1000, I'm giving Batman claws and a healing factor. That's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that should be a fair trade. Hey, last thing. Is Batman worthy of picking up the hammer, Thor's hammer? No, no, Batman's not worthy. No, no. Bat, Bat, Batman, Batman has a darkness in his soul, right? Mm. But he has. I think cool. so does Thor, though. Like Thor kills so many creatures and things with that hammer. Yeah, but so I feel I Batman and he drinks wouldn't. beer. I I, I I feel like there's some there's a self confidence to it. Like not only do you have to be worthy, you have to know you're worthy. Batman will never acknowledge he's worthy. Bat, but I think I feel like Batman does not see himself as someone who's worth. Lego Batman would. <laughs> no, Lego Batman was sad by himself eating lobster. That's not... <laughs> he was so... the least confident of all Batman. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I, that's not true. You, uh, I won't repeat things you've said, but you did say something to me just last time about that. Wait a minute, you just said I, I won't repeat something you said, but then you repeated it immediately. Well, they gave no. him, they gave him give, issue You betrayed me in the same sentence. I won't give you the example that you told me. I won't say that, but you said that to me. Oh, I love Grey Ghost.
You're a BTAS oh. fan. You were buying the hard body Tom King was pay buying that uh, all those collectibles with that first con money, man. I remember. I was there, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, look at this, man. I got a wad of cash just for being a comic writer. I'm going <laughs> to buy some shit. Josh told us about uh, the day that you got that <laughs> Batman that you used for Stub Toe Batman. Uh, he told us about your tour of uh, the DC office. And when he like he made you get that Mezco Batman, he's like, come on, no, you want this. Take it. You want it. It's free. Hey, Gotham Dwellers. Make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.